Welcome to Talks with Tina. I'm your host, Tina Battaglia, bringing you truths, humor, and heart. I want you to know that you're not alone in this crazy thing we call life. From growing up in the South, becoming a foster kid, to hitting it big time and being adopted as a teenager, and then I trucked across the country to the Hollywood Hills, where I went from being on-air talent to marrying a hunky Hollywood actor and Emmy-winning producer, and then I had to reinvent myself, becoming a mom, and then becoming a nurse. I know exactly what it's like to try to make it in this world we call life. I get what it's like to keep on reinventing yourself and dealing with day-to-day crazy. I'm ready to experience the joys with you, persevere against some of life's battles beside you. So, be prepared during these episodes to laugh out loud, sometimes cry, and I'll always give you a non-filtered truth only a best friend can hand out. So, here comes your next episode of Talks with Tina. Hey everyone, this week I don't have a sponsor because I wanted just to come on and challenge you to find a sponsor this week. And what that means is, I bet every one of you out there has gone out and begged and asked a small business to donate, to donate to your little boy's baseball league or to your little boy's football or your little girl's soccer program or for a charity, or you've asked for money for from them to sponsor an entire event and they've stepped up to the plate. Well, now it's our turn. Go out there and support your local small businesses this week. Choose one. And if it takes, you know, you're on a financial uh, budget right now due to COVID-19, hey, then just get a couple of families, put in 20 bucks and go out and buy something from a small business that's still open. We're all in this together. And let's just thank those that have always helped sponsor us. Well, today's guest, Dr. Nelly Farnudi Zahiri, otherwise known as just Dr. Nelly, is a world-renowned clinical psychologist who specializes in working with children and families. Her expertise are in the area of mindfulness, Eastern and Western integration, cross-cultural psychology, attachment parenting, Conscious and Peace Learning Parenting, and she's the author and founder of the International Center for Peace Learning Parenting and the popular Mom Talk LA TV show. She's on today given her compassionate approach on COVID-19 and her maybe strategy to help us to cultivate hope and awareness and a flexible regulation in our homes during this time. So I am just so pleased to have her. We'll just go straight into the show. Well, here you are, Dr. Nelly, and I could not ask for a better guest right now in this time, in this day and age with all the fear and anxiety and just the stress. And I was planning to bring you on to talk about the consciousness and peace learning and parenting. And there's five C's that you talk about. And one of the five C's is compassion. So can we talk about that and compassion in today's society with coronavirus? And 
how we're seeing all this craziness in the news. People are hoarding. People are being kind of violent towards one another and just the social isolation that's happening in this world. And then when we do get together, we're fighting. Can we talk about that? And welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Tina. It's um, a pleasure to be on your show. At times like this and moments um, and times of crisis, we are asked to come to a place, a space of compassion more than ever. And this is the time when we are asked to step out of our comfort zones, step out of a place where perhaps we're focused on our needs and to step into a space where we are more connected and interdependent on each other for the well-being of us all. And so when it comes to compassion, the word compassion, meaning suffering with, This is just one of the greatest times, greatest opportunities in which we can lean into that space and to have real experience. I mean, this is a real-time experience when not just with our neighbors, but through every sector, every space that you can imagine, people are experiencing suffering and they're experiencing hardship and they're experiencing conflict and they're experiencing trauma and they're experiencing hard times. And on one hand, we can see this as an opportunity to, to grow and to rise together and to be able to cultivate that compassion even deeper than perhaps we can ever imagine. But also in just human growth experience, you know, developmentally, as parents, as a community of parents, we are learning in real time how to navigate through these steps. Personally, you know, I have studied child development, I have studied trauma, I have studied how to deal and help clients who are struggling with post-traumatic stress and so forth. But I have to say, it's one of those experiences where just like parenting, Mm -hmm. until you're personally experiencing it, you're personally in it, we don't have the the depth, especially when it comes to compassion, the, the awareness, I guess, or the awareness of awareness of what it means to be there in that space. Well, I mean, there's a Southern saying, we just don't get it. You know, it's like, you just don't get it, right? If you have not experienced yep. it. Um, I remember when I, before having children and people couldn't get back with me and go meet me for a cocktail, I didn't get it. And then I ended up having two toddlers, you know, two two kids back to back, and they were toddlers. And literally, I was like, I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I ain't got time to really brush my teeth. And so I, until I became a parent is when I had, as you say, suffering. I don't know parenting is suffering, but suffering with, quote unquote. I understood it, and I could have the compassion for those mothers. Um, this is the thing that, and I'm... I'm so honored to have you on the show because you are this renowned psychologist. And we actually had an interview scheduled and conversation scheduled recently, but because of this outbreak, you were doing so much counseling. So I want to look at what you've been having to address and how some of the tips that might can help some people out there. And then I want to talk about your, just your own personal journey. So can you just let me know what you're like going through with these patients that are coming in? 
Absolutely. Number one, the concerns of parents who have reached out to me has been putting a plan together. And okay. in times of crisis, we all need a plan. I think in and a, a cocktail. <laughs> Especially when there's no school. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we need a cocktail. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so the cocktails can be behind closed doors. I think parents can take that time out to, to take a little break from trying to coach and guide and post guide their children and their families. But then when we show up for our children, I think that the best thing that could happen to our mindset, especially when in times of hypertension, stress, and anxiety is to show up with a plan to regulate and to organize and to bring calm and peace to our household, to our home, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our community, to our virtual community. It's an art because on one hand, you want to raise awareness. You want to be alert. You want to be okay. informed. You want to be a good scientist. You know, I think at this point, we're all called to be a scientist, to look at the science. Let's um, find those sources that are credible, that are valid, that are reliable. And so we go to CDC, we go to WHO, we go to these organizations that are very scientific and trying to give us good information and good tips on how to navigate this crisis, this pandemic. We're looking at this pandemic from, through the lens of parenting and how can we protect, how can we come alongside our children, how can we show up for our kids, and how can we be leaders in a way in this crisis. And so there are many different pieces. The piece of peace for this call of action for our parenting community is to be alert, to be aware, to think like a scientist or a Good psychologist. Advice. I like that. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. Think yeah. like a scientist. Yeah. So don't just take everything that you read. Yeah. Really research it. So, so right? a scientist or even put your psychology hat on, you know, as a psychologist, how is this pandemic psychologically impacting mm -hmm. us from an inside out perspective? But the art in this is how do we do this without losing the piece of peace, right? The okay. piece of peace, the steps towards making progress, making positive progress every day. Because we know as parents, that's our goal. You know, we press for progress every day. We hope that within our family, within ourselves, within our community, within our um, societies, that we're making progress towards um, being better than we were yesterday, right? Okay. Trying to be a better citizen, to be a better athlete, to be a better student, a better mom. Uh, and so in that stepping up towards progress, um, cultivating hope, awareness, and the ability to regulate in a healthy way, in a balanced way, becomes really the key to success. Okay. So and for that, we need flexibility. For that, we need great adaptation. For that, we need experts and connection with each other. I have never been more connected than, than right now. <laughs> with all my expert friends and my moms and my community because we can. Like this is the, the best example of how technology and 
connecting through virtual life really can help guide us, you know, in the right direction. But we also have to be careful not to allow disinformation, misinformation, and a lot of this, you know, fake news or whatever you want to call it, influence us in a way that is counterproductive. Right. But let's say I'm the patient right now with you. And I look at you and that goes, that sounds fabulous, Dr. Nelly. But I am feeling so overwhelmed. We live in a controlled society. We control everything, especially like moms. Let's just look at think about moms. We got everything scheduled. We got and we do have a sense of flexibility because it's the norm for us. So we know when to adjust. You know, the 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 uh, coach changes time practice. We might get, you know, unruly, but we fix it for our kids, right? But this every day, every every other hour, you're hearing something new. Type A's got to die. First, it was, what, what was it? First, elderly, no children. Now we're hearing children are susceptible. It's 10 times. Is it 10 times? Is it 20 times? Is it just the flu? No. Is What is it? And, you know, now they're saying there's... Um, they can use other medicines to help it right now. You know, the president just came on about that. And the question I have for you, if I were your patient, it's like, you're asking me to regulate something that is not normal. And as soon as I adjust, Dr. Nelly, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to do it this way. Next thing we know, on a flip of a dime, the, the governor comes on and says, lockdown. So how do you, when it keeps changing, because anxiety then comes back again. So how would you tell your patient client to handle that? Because it sounds beautiful in theory and you're the expert. So is there like a pill we could take <laughs> for regulation? <laughs> I wish, I wish. <laughs> okay. So let me just start by saying that we will all experience moments that we will lose control, we will lose the regulation, we will feel overwhelmed. I experienced several actually in the past um, couple of weeks, myself personally, and I have good awareness, I meditate, I, according to some, you know, I'm the expert and I know how to navigate through crisis, but it is overwhelming. In those times, in those moments when we are feeling overwhelmed, what do we do? What do I do? I lean in to that self-compassion, to that space when I allow myself in that moment, I wrap my own arms around myself. I have a good cry. I cried last night, you know, I was crying because it was overwhelming. So in those moments, in those moments, right? Absolutely. You know what? I hate to say this. My people in podcast land out there, like right now, just seeing you so vulnerable and you're the renowned psychologist expert on compassion and understanding and regulating and to see you having this moment of vulnerability, like, because I've been trying to be just superwoman again and just to see you letting it just even in this in this podcast, just let yourself be vulnerable. I think that is what you're trying to share right now. And I mean, to my audience, if you see, you saw her, she's got, you know, she's beautiful and she's got these big old eyes and they're just filled with tears. And it just shows you your compassion for yourself. 
And that's what I'm seeing. And that's what you're trying to tell us to have for ourselves, not just for the community, right? Yeah. And it's okay. And to know that you are okay, you will be okay. We will rise above this. We are in it together. We are experiencing this difficulty and this, these times of, like you said, rapid change and rapid moving You know, from one sort of advice or one path to another. But if we are able to show up for ourselves and not practice escapism, which, you know, a lot of times some of these families, you know, have been struggling with alcoholism, you know, with drinking maybe too much alcohol, with numbing themselves with substances or escapism via whether it's violence or aggression or, you know, fighting together, arguing. So there are ways that we can down-regulate by being real with our feelings, by showing up for ourselves and saying, it's okay, you're, you're having a hard time, by making decisions that feel, you know, sound to you, that it's taking care of your, your uh, sort of way of thinking. I struggled with this yesterday because yesterday was the Persian New Year <laughs> and it's hard. So we're at a very difficult time in life when we're asked to stay home, to limit your exposure to surfaces and multi-surfaces and people for not just your own good, but for the good of others, maybe even strangers. You may not ever know how your decision to stay home and to cultivate well-being for others, strangers, impacted another life. So you're staying home because you're trying to save lives, Mm -hmm. potentially. As a family, as a Persian family, I think, and many Persian families, because I counseled a lot of families who were struggling with the same dilemma. Is it okay to go to grandma, grandpa's house? You know, is it okay to go and give grandma a hug? Is it okay to stay and maybe, you know, be in social distancing, but in celebration with others, maybe aunts and uncles who've had multiple exposures to different environments. And so Again, putting my scientist hat on and trying to listen to the guidelines of the scientist internally, I knew the sound decision was to stay home. But then I also, having my psychologist hat on, I also could see how the psychological benefit of this decision to be with the family and the parents would perhaps benefit others. Right. And and I tend to feel like community again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think this is the time when we need to practice a little flexibility. We need to show up for ourselves with, with that flexibility and to say, you know, it's okay. If, if you feel a certain way on that spectrum of decision-making where one could be more rigid, right? We, we Mm -hmm. um, talk to parents where some parents are very rigid. Some parents are moderately rigid about following the rules. Some parents are very loose and not rigid at all. You know, these are the parents who are at parks with, you know, having play dates and minimizing sort of the social impact of this pandemic. And so I think as a community, we are called to really pay attention and perhaps become more aware of how our interdependency, the way we literally will impact each other's lives uh, at this time and, and, and history. 
what are some sound decisions? How can we make good decisions so that we are not compromising others' health and lives and that we are uh, showing compassion, but also doing it in a way that has balance uh, and and showing up for yourself as well and having self-compassion. So again, flexibility and adaptation become very, very key components of um, you know, the paradigm shift, that perhaps the thinking that many of us had before, which was more focused on individualism. You know, it's my life. That's the, the right. millennials, right? The individualism, right. it's my life. I, I'm healthy. And we, and we you see know. this now during spring break. They're just yeah, all packed everywhere. And they're, yes. Yep. Yep. And so I think our generation perhaps is in a good position to to lead or post guide the millennials or the Z generation in that, listen, like your decision, your behavior, your actions today will have an effect, an impact and and a fatal impact on maybe the other generations. So it could be an opportunity in that way. And when I said compassion, you know, to, to really think of it in terms of like the literal definition or understanding of it as suffering with, in the suffering, I'm really asking everyone to tap into the hurts the pain, perhaps some pains that are unseen. I think these are times for our mental health community and, you know, the the people who suffer with mental health issues. These are times, these are critical times for us to show up for them, to make sure that, you know, they they know that we're here. And I know that the virtual world is becoming the new normal, but this is a good time to schedule those Zoom calls, to show up for those friends, to have the face-to-face and say, how are you doing today? Like, how can I, how can I connect with you better, or understand you better or get you better or, you know, know how you feel or will you let me know if you need anything? I think these are times of connection and innovation, like getting creative in connecting with each other and not feeling isolated and alone because the social distancing at some point for, for some is going to lead to the, the experience of loneliness. And I think for those of us who are parenting and parenting is, could also be a more broad sort of concept, right? Paradigm where in a way we could be parenting our neighbors. We could be parenting, you know, as parents, we could show up for a lot of our friends and a lot of our mom friends and a lot of our colleagues. And the scope can be brought into just compassion and care for each other and learning innovative ways to do it so that we're lowering the anxiety, the panic, the fear, and cultivating hope, better well-being, and improve mental health. We can all do this. You know, we can all do this. So what are some like steps in doing this? Like if you had to give a mom, a like I, I you know, I just recently spoke to a a friend of mine who is a full-time mom, uh, full-time working outside the home. And she said, I do that for a reason is, is who I am. I am not a, I am not a person that can stay home all day. And this has been, she's finding herself yelling at the kids way more than she should be. She said, she's fighting with her husband more arguing. And what do you say to the figures that are outside of the home that usually, you know, or at least they don't have the children, even like stay at home moms that don't have the kids till two thirty or three o'clock and they're not 
coping with this change because people are not coping. And you have to add also the financial stress of this. So you're not only just dealing with an emotional stress of isolation and where do we go and when do we stay home, but we're also dealing with the financial impact for families. So what, I mean, what are some steps? I mean, I know you can say, you know, journaling, meditation, reading your Bible, reading your Quran, whatever it is you go to spiritually, but then there's those moments of, is it creating more structure in the home? Would that Mm -hmm. help? with anxiety, do you think? So the American Psychological Association has a great website and hotlines and resources for those who are in need of mental health guidance, coaching, and this includes parenting, counseling. And and I believe that in the near future, hopefully, I'm hoping just like telehealth is expanding services to reach millions and millions of, of patients and, and people in need, I'm hoping that telehealth, mental health is also going to have the same sort of access. opportunities, access absolutely in the near future because the parents are in need. And I personally have been offering my uh, services free of charge to those families who are struggling and have been trying to reach out and for me to uh, or do my share during these times of crisis. But I think the APA is a good place to visit, to subscribe to their newsletters. And the website is www.apa.org, the American Psychological Association website. And so by being connected to some of these organizations and as well as your local, you know, like the LA County Mental Health, Department of Mental Health, as well as your county, I think to just stay tuned into what services will be available and hopefully soon telehealth for mental health will be included. Mainly for families that I've been advising and counseling, I think coming up with a plan and for the plan to be inclusive, to include every family member's individual and collective needs. Okay. So this is what I do with them. We, we go through every family member. We identify every family member, even, you know, the pets are included. <laughs> the, the, the whole family system. That's cute. Right? That's cute. And that allows the kids to be, yes, that makes Absolutely. it more fun too. Yes. We, we want to we learn about the whole family. Pets are a very meaningful and uh, important part of the family. And so we identify every family member along with the pets and learn about family dynamics. And what I like to do in a crisis intervention is create a timeline and go through how and when with a crisis, their equilibrium or that state of homeostasis, you know, the peace really, the peace of peace in their house, when was that disrupted? What were the elements that led to that disruption? I mean, I I think now for a lot of families, like you said, staying home, for the kids staying home, the parents staying home, the parents losing their jobs. So we identify every element on this timeline, creating sort of a comprehensive understanding of the sort of crisis and how the crisis is having an impact on that state of peace, right? The equilibrium. And then we come up with creative ways. And sometimes I like to include the whole family. We have a family meeting and I come up with questions and 
learn more about the dynamics and how every family member can contribute to creating peace, you know, bringing that peace back to the family, holding each family member responsible. These are times of social responsibility. These are times to teach our kids that just like mom decides to stay home and save lives, this social responsibility is something that you can do by, for example, having better cooperation, having more responsibility with chores. This is a time when it's a time of crisis. So we got, I love this because I'm using it. Okay. I'm saving lives and you need to do your chores to help me save lives. There there you go. There you go. There you go, mama. You're back in charge. I just needed something. I am going to be full throttle today. I am saving lives. I'm you got it. On it. You know, and mama saving lives. That's mama it. saving mama lives. Saving okay. lives. <laughs> and you are. You are exactly. I mean, think of it. If mom is stressed and mom is feeling overwhelmed because mom lost her job or mom has to stay home, and now mom is irritated. She's anxious. She's maybe drinking too much. Maybe not sleeping. Or, or well. doesn't even know how to do a lesson plan. Like this is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great point about keeping that homeschool connection strong. And I think many school districts, many schools and teachers are collaborating, they're cooperating, they're doing their best in helping us manage this crisis and come up with great intervention. I know our kids have been, they've been in school all week and it's been wonderful because the school has been running smoothly. The parents are engaged somewhat, but not to engage and the teachers are teaching, you know, as business as usual. And so these are times in which that homeschool connection is critical, perhaps coming up with creative ways. Like I know many families are taking these virtual tours, you know, going to museums. Yep. So becoming innovative, maybe taking on a musical instrument, you know, online or learning about a sport online. Absolutely. They're they're coaching. Yep, yep. There are coaches who are teaching now online, and these are all free services. I mean, suddenly, you know, we have this expansion of compassion, compassionate coaches, compassionate music teachers, compassionate artists, compassionate musicians, and, you know, celebrities and so forth. So everyone's really like pouring their heart and compassion into people who are at home, which could be a very beautiful way to teach our kids listen, this is social responsibility. This is what you do if you're an artist and you're home and you're trying to provide free services to children who can benefit from it. So talking about these wonderful moments is very inspiring. I think it brings hope. It cultivates hope. This is a time that as a community, as a parenting community, we need to stay focused on the goal. So the goal is to cultivate hope to build resiliency, to make sense of this crisis for, for our kids and to be able to show them to model resilience and grit. However, you can also be honest. Like last night, I was very honest with our children about my decision, my feelings. And I said, listen, this is a tough decision, but I want you to have a good time. I want you to be able to celebrate Noruz with your grandparents but I'm unable to show up at this time. And this is why. Right. And, right. and so it, 
during these times, I think more than ever, our children need to hear our decision-making, why we're making certain decisions, and to make sense of the crisis. Yeah, and, and I, think it's a, I think it's also, um, there's a great verse I always go by, and it's called, quick to listen, slow to speak. And it's a Bible verse. And I've been applying it. I try to apply it in my friendships, my life. I don't always apply it with my husband. I'm just going to be real honest because <laughs> I usually speak to him more than I should and say I should listen more. But with my children, I have during this time because so the compassion I would have for myself is, okay, let's get up. Let's structure. I'm about like successes. Like to me, if I start, I make my bed in the morning, I just feel better. When I don't, sometimes it just, I feel unruly. And I know my kids need structure as well. So just like waking up and going, oh, we'll wake up at 10 o'clock. And I'm, I've been trying to keep them kind of on a school feeling type of structure, but I'm not as regimented maybe as being in school, but I'm like, we're going to start with math and then we're going to take English language arts and then we're going to take a recess like from 10, 15. But then I, I had to listen to my daughter who's very artsy. And she's like, mama, if I do, if I do 8.3 and 8.4 and I go ahead and do 8.5, can I just have like an extra hour today not to think about this stuff? But getting back to my daughter, the thing that maybe I needed, I couldn't do because I wanted to kind of stay. And I remember going, okay, so what, do you, what is your idea of relaxing? Because I didn't want to do like, you know, hours of, you know, game playing, right? I said, what's your ideas of relaxing? And then she, because she's quick, she said, you know, mama, I know you don't want me to be on the computer and just playing games and Roblox or, you know, her games. She goes, but I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad because I'm not in school with my friends and I can't even like go on walks with them. And I went... So are you, you're playing with your friends on Roblox. And I realized in that moment, I had to be, as you would say, flexible because my rule of when you're in school all week, we don't do iPads, right? But that's not the new norm right now. So there was in my structure that I think is so good and so successful for my children and it works while they're in school. But now they're going through mental things. And she wasn't trying to worry me. She just said, I just feel sad. I don't get to see my friends. And I had to hear her and not talk over her and be the, well, it's, I'm the parent and it's my way. And she made wonderful sense. And she bargained with me. She wasn't trying to get a freebie, she said. And I thought, wow, I should tell some of my other friends this so that they could say, okay, well, maybe I'll give you an extra assignment and then you can have extra time. Because they need to feel they're connecting. And even though I might have judgment on the games, like, oh, such a waste of time, they need it, right? And then, you know, th but then, Dr. Nelly, then you get parents, oh, it's too much, you know, computer time and too much iPad time. So it's, again, then you get attacked again. And I'm not saying people are attacking me, but you start hearing that on those group texts. And, you know, people are arguing. People are not agreeing. Everybody has, it's, again, it's like now we've left the political argument of being, you know, a polarized. And there's such a, there is the very loose side and the very rigid side to this disease. So 
I think what I'm asking you is, well, what I learned from you today is flexibility is good. Bravo to you for taking time to cultivate conscious parenting, to um, cultivate awareness of awareness of your child and her needs in the moment when she's trying to connect on an emotional level. Right. And in that moment, by you cultivating consciousness, awareness, peace, and flexibility, you're giving her a gift. You're giving her a gift that will last her a lifetime. And that's the gift of connection. It's the gift of, I feel you, and I want you to know that I'm feeling you in this moment of crisis and pain and suffering. Right. And it's building, so the piece of peace is trying to repeat these moments 10,000 times or more to master it, to get to a point where we're not trying to be flexible, but we are just flexible because we are natural. Yeah. It's natural. And this can be the gift that comes out of this crisis. I think for many of us in knowing that because we have to change, because we have to adapt, because we have to be flexible and show flexibility, even though we honor discipline and structure and integrity and making good decisions to reach our goals, but on this path to achievement or meeting those goals or reaching those goals, there's a human connection, you know, with our children, that our children are not robots, that we are not robots. And in that human connection, as we connect with each other, as we feel each other, as we know each other, we become aware of each other's awareness. That's the real human sort of factor. And I think um, this is a time when perhaps, you know, it could be that post-traumatic transformation that many of us will, you know, experience post-COVID-19. And we will. And we will. And so during those, these times, I think it's very, very key to stay aware, to stay connected, to question our own rigidities and our own lack of flexibility and to or judgment to, or even judge or judgment. others. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is a time for, for children. Yes. To maintain their structure, to have connection with their teachers, to know that their, the school environment is virtually available to them so that they can see their friends. One thing that I've witnessed with our kids is that the every morning zoom calls for them to have the, the classroom intact really. These are all kids who are checking in. So the home base, you know, their their school is in session. They check in, then the teachers show up, they have their specials, they do their work. That regular sort of connection with school is very, very therapeutic and very healing during these times. So kids need that. And schools... Yeah, the schools have to step up. I mean, this is a time for their social responsibility to show up for their kids where they need them and then take off the pressure on requiring, you know, these assignments to be completed or, you know, the tests and and so forth. I know it's a balancing act and I know, you know, it's going to take some time and flexibility, but I hope that the schools and the educational system is heavily focusing on the children's uh, social, emotional learning and their needs right now, because it is our social, social duty to do that. Uh, and it's also part of our parenting responsibility and duty. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Okay. You're just, how can I describe you? I'm always, I'm trying to think of a word to describe you um, because I'm going to roll out of this episode. I don't feel like saying thank you is enough. You are a, a voice and you're just, you're just filled with so much. It's such a gentle knowledge and it's such a beautiful thing that you have a gift you have. You know, you say, take the science and take it all and do the research. But I've, I've spoken to people that are super knowledgeable and they come across all knowing and, and just very, this is it, this is it. And I think in this time, just to hear your voice is just very soothing. And you, you know what? You have a soothing knowledge. And I think that's what we need in this time. And I, I thank you for being on. I know we were going to go a whole different direction originally. I was going to talk about, I actually was going to ask you when, when is compassion becoming enabling? Because I wanted to argue with you a little bit about that. Um, talking about bullying and things like that. And when's enough's enough for compassion. But that can be another episode. I hope you'll come back on. And I just, I think the tips that you gave us, I think what I think everyone will get out of this is just having flexibility trying to regulate, trying to listen, and realizing this has become a new norm for us and bringing in our entire community, our entire family that's having to stay inside and be safe and letting them have a voice of what they're feeling and what their needs are, including the cats and dogs, and and then creating a family unit decision. I hope that people can take from this podcast and learn. And Dr. Nelly, I just want to thank you for being on today. It's been a pleasure being part of this conversation, this compassionate conversation with you, Tina. And um, to be connected with you and your listeners, it truly is an honor. It warms my heart. And I'm so happy to be here in this space with you. Ah, uh, Dr. Nelly, thank you again. And if you want to learn more about my special guest, Dr. Nellie, you can go to her website, www.drnelliemomtalk.com, or you can email her at momtalkdrnelly at gmail.com. What a wonderful and just knowledgeable guest. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you go to listen to your podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tina B or email me your thoughts, sharewithtina at gmail.com with any comments that you might have. And again, until next week, thank you for listening, especially during these times. I'm Tina Battaglia. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.